ninth installment of Painting the Corners with Anton Schindler, brought to you by 90.5 KCSU. Well, we finally made it to December. It's been exactly one month without baseball, and the only thing that is getting me through the winter months right now is remembering that we only have a few months left until spring training, well, hopefully, starts back up again on February 27th. December also means that the MLB will hold its annual winter meetings where owners and GMs get together to talk business and most trades start happening. Well, virtually, at least. Not only that, but we'll see the Rule 5 draft on December 10th, which is a pesky little draft that allows clubs without a full 40-man roster to select certain non-40-man roster players from other clubs. This means that some actually pretty decent players get split up from other teams and are shipped around until they find themselves a new home. Some well-known players that were picked up in this Rule 5 draft before, ever since it started, are... Some well-known players that were picked up in this draft before include Marwin Gonzalez, Ari Dickey, and even Josh Hamilton in 2006. The offseason brings a few more notable events, however, like giving out awards to the top-performing players of the season and announcing the Hall of Fame ballot. The latter is what we will be focusing on today. Now, if you don't know, to be considered for the MLB Hall of Fame, you would have to play in the MLB for at least 10 seasons. This means that you have to have completed at least 10 seasons solely in the MLB with no trips to the minors at all. Also, a player has to be retired for at least five seasons on top of that. So let's say that there was a player that had played 10 seasons and then retired for like two or three seasons because that they felt that they were done or they got injured or something along that line. And then all of a sudden they start working out again and then all of a sudden they miss the game and decide to come back to it. Well, the five season retirement rule basically restarts in that case and the clock starts once again once they re-retire, I, I guess you could say. Then, after all of that, every single player who is eligible will go through a rigorous screening process brought forth from a committee brought forth from a committee that will approve the player's worthiness. Not only that, but a player is not only not only that, but a player is not eligible if they've been banned from the game of baseball. So, guys like Pete Rose won't get a chance to qualify for the Hall of Fame unless their ban is lifted. A player also stays on the ballot if they received at least 5% of the vote. And as long as they keep getting 5% of the vote, they'll stay eligible on the ballot for up to 10 years. Now, that might not seem like a lot, but I mean, if you think about it, a player only has to receive 75% of the votes to make the MLB Hall of Fame. I mean, there are so many requirements that the Hall of Fame committee goes through every single year. And the amount of players that get let into the Hall of Fame every year varies pretty greatly. Sometimes only one or two players receive enough votes in general. In other years, however, up to 18 players will be voted into the Hall, like how it was in 2006. All of this criteria is then voted on through a few different committees, like the Baseball Writers Association of America, as well as the Committee of Baseball Veterans and various other special committees 
that get to write the names of these outstanding players into the walls of Cooperstown. Anyway, this Hall of Fame ballot, like usual, has a lot of huge returning names like Todd Helton, Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens, Gary Sheffield, and even more controversial names like Barry Bonds and Manny Ramirez. There's a lot of new names as well, like Tory Hunter, Mike, Mark Burrell, Shane Victorino, Nick Swisher, and Michael Kadire. Now, I'm going to try and make a prediction on some players that will get elected this year, and maybe a few others that may have to wait a few more years before they get elected, but will still end up gaining ground in the Hall of Fame voting. Based on the amount of votes these players got last year, I think it's pretty safe to say that Kurt Schilling and Roger Clemens, who are both in their ninth year on the ballot, will probably be elected into the Hall of Fame. I mean, Kurt Schilling finished off last year's, uh, and Kurt Schilling finished off last year's, Kurt Schilling finished off last year's Hall of Fame voting after getting about 70% of the votes, and Roger Clemens got about 61% of the votes. I think that both of these players have a really good chance of, I mean, at the very least, getting close to that required 75%. I mean, Kurt Schilling's accomplishments come from a 216 and 146 win-loss record and a 3.46 ERA after 20 after 20 seasons in the big leagues. Roger Clemens, on the other hand, was also an absolutely incredible pitcher, finishing with a 354 and 184 win-loss record, a three, along with a 312 ERA and 4,672 strikeouts in his 24 years of work. I mean, they both definitely deserve it. I also want to talk about the kind of awkward case of Barry Bonds. Now, Barry is also in his ninth year on the ballot, getting about 60.7% of the votes last year. Now, there is a lot of controversy. Now, there is a lot of controversy around this pick, because Barry Bonds was a heavy PED user in his prime. I mean, the fact... I mean, that fact alone has kept him out of the Hall of Fame so far, because putting someone that cheated into the Hall of Fame would not be a good look for the Hall, or really baseball in general. But a lot of people, and writers alike, argue that the amount of skill it took... But a lot of people, and writers alike, argue about the amount of skill that it took to do what Barry Bonds did. I mean, Barry Bonds still holds the MLB record for home runs hit at 762. And yes, the performance-enhancing drugs definitely had a say in getting the balls up and out of the stadium, but it also takes a lot of skill hitting a 98-mile-per-hour fastball, or an 80-mile-per-hour breaking ball with loads of movement, you know, 400-plus feet. You still have to have elite pitch recognition and timing to be able to hit anything that far with any sort of solid contact. 
I mean, not only that, but Barry Bonds also has the record of most walks in the history of the MLB with 2,558 walks. I mean, pitchers were just too scared to throw it. I mean, pitchers were just too scared to throw to him, and it ended... I mean, pitchers were just so scared to throw to him that it ended up giving him just another MLB record. Not only that, but Bonds is on the top list for... And and even on top of that, Barry Bonds is on the top list for most offensive categories. But he was also an incredible... But I mean, on top of that, Barry Bonds is on the top list for most offensive categories. And he was an incredible celebrated fielder as well. I mean, many times throughout his career, he led the league in defensive assists, putouts, and double plays from the outfield that he often controlled. He was an incredibly talented player, no doubt, but he's constantly overshadowed by the choices that he made when it came to steroids throughout his career. Now, do I think that he should make the all- Now, do I think that he should make the MLB Hall of Fame? <sighs> and it's a really hard question to answer. I probably would put him into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Now, a lot of people might disagree with me on this one, understandably. But I feel that Barry Bonds was just such a fantastic and really unbelievably talented player before he ever experimented with PEDs in the first place. I mean, I feel that he understands what he did was wrong and frankly completely stupid. I mean, you know that he's definitely heard all about that throughout his life. And I mean, at the end of the day, he still holds countless MLB records. And I feel that that should probably be recognized. Some other players that I think will make up ground in this year's ballot include Billy Wagner because of his absolutely impeccable pitching career, and also players such as Gary Sheffield and Manny Ramirez and Sammy Sosa as well, especially if Barry Bonds does end up getting elected. Now, those three players that I listed off, Gary Sheffield, Manny Ramirez, and Sammy Sosa, all also got caught for taking PEDs. But I feel like if Barry Bonds ends up getting elected to the Hall of Fame, these three have a bit better of a chance to get in because their use of PEDs might be considered less than their overall impact on the game of baseball itself. I also wouldn't be surprised if, and I know I'm saying this, I also wouldn't be surprised if, and taken from a completely non-biased Rockies fan, I wouldn't be surprised if Todd Helton gained some ground as well. I mean, now that Larry Walker, who was the first Rocky to really break the Coors Field curse on the Hall of Fame, has been elected. I think we'll see a few more Rockies players make and really gain good ground in the lineup. Now, now I would also, let me just take a break. I also wouldn't be surprised if Todd Helton gained some ground. 
Now, I also wouldn't be surprised if Todd Helton gained some ground on the ML fee. On the Hall of Fame. Now, I also wouldn't be surprised if Todd Helton ended up gaining some ground on the Hall of Fame ballot as well. I mean, now that Larry Walker, who was the first Colorado Rocky to break the quote-quote Coors Field curse on the MLB Hall of Fame, <laughs> now that he's been elected, I think we'll see a few more Rockies players make and really gain some good ground in the ballot. I mean, I also noticed when I was going through the ballot the addition of some new names such as Michael Kadire and Latroy Hawkins, who who both played for the Rockies and honestly had some of their best seasons in their stints with the Rockies. It'll be interesting to see how this generation of PED users, though, is considered by the MLB Hall of Fame committee. And not only that, but I'll be pretty interested to see the amount of votes that each one of these players receive, really just to see how good my predictions are, because let's be honest, I, I need to get back on track after my abysmal MLB postseason predictions. But after researching the criteria needed for induction into the Hall of Fame, and really to just be considered for the Hall of Fame in the first place, I wanted to go over a few players that never actually made the Hall of I wanted to go over a few players that have never actually made the MLB Hall of Fame or haven't been considered for it yet, but definitely could have or could be. And I feel like I can't start this without mentioning Pete Rose. Now, as I mentioned before, Pete Rose was banned from the game. Now, as I mentioned before, Pete Rose was banned from the game of baseball by the MLB commissioner at the time, Angelo Bartlett Giamatti. Angelo Bartlett Giamatti. Rose was banned because he allegedly had ties to gamblers and illegal bookmarkers and various other gambling habits that came to light. Now, there has been a lot of controversy. Controversy. Now, there has been a lot of controversy over this issue pretty recently because sports betting has become legal throughout the United States more and more in the past few years. And because of this, Rose is the only person to be placed on the MLB ineligible list as a result of a mutual agreement. Rose has in fact admitted that he did in fact bet on baseball and that all reports on him and that all reports on him were true. Since then, Pete Rose has actually applied to be reinstated for his chance into the Since then, Pete Rose has actually applied to be reinstated for his for a chance. Since then, Pete Rose has actually applied to be reinstated for a chance into the MLB Hall of Fame four times, but every single request has been ignored or denied because Rose still actively, although legally, bets on baseball to this day. It's pretty sad too because Pete Rose might be one of the best baseball players to ever play the game, as he was a key component to the Big Red Machine that we talked about a few episodes ago. Another player that I think deserves a chance in the Hall of Fame is one of, is possibly one of my favorite catchers of all time, Joe Maurer. Now, I think we'll definitely see Joe Maurer on the MLB Hall of Fame ballot come 2023, but 
Joe is a classic case of you're about to retire, but you don't want to leave the game just yet. From 2004 to 2013, Joe Maurer was a starting pitcher for the Minnesota Twins and quickly became one of the best catchers in the major leagues. In those 10 seasons, Joe was consistently hitting above 270 and sometimes even hitting above 300, getting more hits and RBIs than anyone was doing at the time in the catcher's position. Not only did he win five Silver Slugging Awards, not only did he win five Silver Slugger Awards, but he also won three Gold Gloves and one MVP award in his time as a catcher. And not to mention his six All-Star appearances as well. <laughs> However, towards the end of the 2013 season, Maurer unfortunately suffered an extremely bad concussion in August of 2013 that ended up blurring his vision pretty much ever since. Now, in 2013, a lot of health experts were warning Joe Maurer to just step away from the game, but to just step away from the game. And Joe Maurer seriously considered just ending it right there, completely retiring. But as the offseason went on, he decided that he didn't want to leave just yet and ended up moving to first base and becoming a DH for the Twins instead. By doing this, he ended up playing another five seasons and ended up finally retiring in 2018. Now, although his career took a bit of a downfall towards the end, Maurer still had 10 seasons of incredible work behind the plate. And I think the entire baseball community would love to at least see him on the ballot soon. So in next week's episode, I want to talk about some of the craziest hitting stats that have defined a good hitter and defined a bad hitter throughout the history of the MLB. All this talk about Barry Bonds got me thinking about a bunch of crazy records. So I'll be talking about things like the longest hitting streak in MLB history and the Mendoza line and other strange and crazy stats that the MLB has seen in its very long history. Thank you for listening.